0: So we're in for a long one today, because mm. I think, well, actually, let's see. I think we could start this any number of ways. Uh, it, it's a dealer's pick, which I think that means you. <laughs> so we either talk about uh, Jock Mock Sweden. Mm. We can talk about Stephen Colbert. Uh, Campbell's Soup Pods
1: for the Keurig. Oh, I, I, that's the early favorite. Or, or uh, DraftKings i don't i don't really want to talk about that i think we have to but you can
0: you can choose to not start it with us if you want to make make this a happy podcast at least for the first five minutes
1: so so your your pick so the apple event is not a choice that cannot be the first thing okay you're just picking Hmm. the first thing i think the uh campbell's k pods is where i'd like to start
0: okay what a time to be alive and by (laughs) what a time i mean what a terrible time to be alive (laughs)
1: Uh yeah, I, I also saw the headline for this. Uh, what was this? A couple of days ago, mm-hmm. over the over the weekend or something. Um. So do you, do you want to explain to the people what this is for for the, you know if somehow people have avoided seeing this? I think
0: the five words "Campbell's soup pods for Keurig" <laughs> kind of it's exactly as bad as you think it is. <laughs> you you can get gross tomato soup or something from a, a pod for the same thing you make mediocre coffee with. Uh, do these come with the DRM?
1: Um okay so they I um they, the soup works with any correct maker. Um, oh,
0: DRM free. It's like it's like <laughs> Who's who's the uh soup coffee machine equivalent of Steve Jobs? Who Okay,
1: were... <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't have a good answer to that.
0: Did somebody write thoughts on soup? So they you get uh... is that a reference anybody would get?
1: Uh, I think I think I have one or two people, maybe.
0: All right. All our audience. Nice.
1: Oh. Um, okay. Can we actually um go on a little bit of a tangent? I mean, we don't normally <laughs> do that on this show, but maybe just this once, if you'll allow it.
0: <laughs> I don't think I was going to keep an hour and a half of soup pods. So go for it.
1: <laughs> well, it's somewhat related. Um, You had made a, a little snide comment about the Craig making mediocre coffee, and I, I don't think I entirely agree with that. You think it's good coffee? I have. I think it's convenient I, coffee. I have Dunkin' Donuts K cups that I use, and I very much in, enjoy them.
0: <sighs> I I I, th- uh, I think you're, you're using a loose definition of good coffee, but uh, anyway, I know I'm not a fussy coffee person.
1: But it's convenient. I mean, I certainly think that um, it, it's it's better when I make you know the same coffee through like my Aeropress, but I think it's I think it's pretty good coming out of the Keurig machine well we can you know we can agree to disagree as we as we frequently really do. disagree but i
0: don't know it, it's the convenience i i i think anything that is quicker and more convenient than something else automatically gets it, it gets uh handicap points or what's the uh the golf thing
1: a, ha- a handicap that's right yeah the
0: thing where like a, a lesser performance gets elevated for some reason sure graded on a curve Th- there we go there Sorry. you go it's you, coffee you, you gra- coffee graded on a curve
1: you should have thought of that
0: i should I should and we can, may we may you have you also can edit just found... it out so you know you can edit it out, so it sounds like I thought of it first.
1: We may have also just found our show title
0: what coffee graded on a curve right it we're two minutes into what's gonna be the world's longest program,
1: okay, so we'll see. Um, I also, you know, in addition to, you know, why, well, so I'm going to complete my tangent there, but then I also have to do some, uh, real time, uh, corrections. So you had mentioned uh, tomato soup being a flavor. Is that for... not one of them? No. So, uh, the two flavors that are going to be available at launch are <laughs> home style chicken broth and noodle soup and Southwest style chicken broth and noodle soup. Yeah. So, you know, if those don't sound appetizing, I don't know what does. Um. So so I guess we we can explain in more detail what these are. So the, they come in, I guess, sort of two different packs. You've got the noodle pack, and then you've got the little K-cup, which has the broth. And so you put the noodles, which are, I guess, like dry noodles, sort of like a, a you know, ramen or something. And, um, you know, you put those in the cup. And then you run the broth K cup through the Keurig machine, just like you would your coffee or tea or whatever. And then the broth goes into the noodles. You let it sit for a minute or two. And then voila, you've got what I would have to presume to be overly salty, um, kind of just bland soup.
0: In an effort to keep the show positive, I'm not going to point out that. <laughs> Never mind. You could you could substitute soup for coffee, hmm. Except for the saltiness, but any, I, anyway.
1: I, I was gonna say I, I think if you're putting salt in your coffee, you're doing it wrong. Anyway, maybe I'm just an innovator. Maybe maybe
0: tomato soup is coming up. Maybe that's Gen two.
1: I I have to admit, I would like to try one of these. Like if I if I could somehow just buy one and try it, I would. I understand,
0: and I, and I would expect nothing less from you as the man who has probably tried every new Taco Bell <laughs> promotional item that's ever come out.
1: It's kind of my thing. I li- I like trying unique foods and unique drinks. Like one of, one of the things that I I find a lot of uh, joy in is like in a gas station or kind of convenience store.
0: This is already good. Okay. Uh,
1: looking looking around and seeing sort of what. Crazy new like sodas are out, um, or used to be energy drinks. Although I've you know gotten away from that, so now it's mostly just sodas. But if I can find like a unique you know flavored soda, like for example, when I was in Europe these last couple of weeks, um, what they have over there is are different flavors of Fanta. So you know, we have Fanta here in the U.S., but there are different flavors of Fanta which are available uh, throughout Europe, and even different flavors within you know different countries. So I, you know, made a made an effort to to try some of those when I was over there, and I, I, I like doing that. So I feel like this this K cup thing falls into kind of that same uh, category of interest.
0: Okay, so I have two or four follow up questions on that.
1: What, do do you have any aversion to full sugared sodas? Um, I, I do. I, but I, as long as they're only in moderation and for, um, you know, kind of scientific experiment purposes, like you know, trying those Don't different fanta's, no. um, th- then I, then I'm okay. But I, I'm not the type where, um, I will just sit there and have a, uh, like, regular soda. I, I've actually sort of cut soda out completely. Well, but likewise,
0: it, so that's why I was, I was, I was shocked because because drinking like thirty or fifty grams of sugar, it seems. Unlike you.
1: Right. No, I, uh, growing up, I will be the first to admit I, I drank way too much soda, even through like the early parts of college. But over the last couple of years, I, I've pretty much cut all that out. I'll have like a Coke zero, you know, one every few weeks or something, but that's about it.
0: Okay. And second of four questions, do, do you do, or do you, uh, adventure out or venture out into the, um, What's the the chip brand that does those wacky flavors? Oh, Lay's. Like, that Cavill's yeah. always always talking about.
1: I think I think I think, it's, I think it's Lay's that does that,
0: but not the wavy ones.
1: They they don't create them in wavy form now.
0: Okay. So have you tried any of those? Like the weird, like they have. I think it's um, uh, uh they have mac and cheese and uh, sriracha and a bunch of weird. And they they had a oh, cappuccino flavored Lay's.
1: Right. Yeah. They Have you tried it. any of
0: these for science?
1: Yeah. Course. So th- this is also right at my alley. And, and yes. This, so they they've been doing this for the last two years or two or three years. And the, the first year that they did it, they had um, I think it was like chicken and waffles, sriracha, um, garlic, cheesy bread, something like that. Um, and I, I of course was very interested in trying all of the flavors. Um, and some of them were actually difficult to find initially, which, of course, just made them all that more interesting. And But I was able to eventually find all of them. Uh, and, and they were all just objectively terrible. So when the second round of flavors came out this year, second or third round, whatever it is now, they just came out with some new ones a couple of months ago. I wasn't really that interested anymore because the first round was just kind of so terrible.
0: Gotcha. Okay, third,
1: have you tried uh, the Inception Oreos? I have not, but I've heard of these. And or, Unique Oreos are also something that I have a great deal of interest in. Um, and I, I had a friend a few weeks ago tell me about these. So these are the cookies and cream Oreos. Uh, you just sent a picture of this in the Slack. And I, I like the phrase Inception Oreos. I think well, because
0: it it's, it, it's madness, because that's, that's what an Oreo is.
1: Right. You have, you have an Oreo that's Oreo-filled, essentially? I like that that I, on the box that they're described as chocolate sandwich cookies. <laughs> That's not really how I would describe an Oreo, but I, I, mean, I guess it works. <laughs> I'm not sure what the chocolate is. I'm not. Do you have Do you have to describe an Oreo? I mean, everybody kind of knows what an Oreo is, right?
0: Uh, I I hope so. I, I probably. I mean, I I would probably be the person who would be less likely to know because I've never enjoyed Oreos as a cookie. Really. The, the cream on the like it, do you know, do you know what the, one of the most disgusting things in the world is double stuff Oreos, because the inside is the worst part.
1: Wow. I I don't know if you've ever been more wrong on this show.
0: No, I'm. <laughs> are are you taking the other side?
1: Oh, of course I am. Oreos so then you're, are delicious. You're the most
0: wrong. You've said a lot of crazy stuff on this show, <laughs> and because <laughs> Oreos are gross, usually the only way an Oreo becomes palatable. Is if you you take uh, you gotta you gotta go fishing, you you get a, a glass of uh, skim milk, you drop an Oreo in, you let it sink to the bottom for about ten seconds, and you fish it out with a spoon and you eat it that way. I agree then, with
1: I agree with that whole idea, except for the skim milk part.
0: If man full sugar uh, sodas for you and you, you're just wow, you live on the edge.
1: I was a I was a two percent milk kid growing up, and I you know as an adult I've gone mostly to like. Non-fat or like one percent
0: what's skim mean i always get the uh the one percent organic at uh trader joe's what's skim mean i thought that was one percent oh maybe it is oh anyway i was getting yeah i am the one percent
1: for some reason i was thinking skim milk was in just in some way different
0: no i th- i think it's just a, a general um catch-all term for not non-fat but not the uh the whole milk or whatever the regular one's called
1: hmm okay
0: Anyway, so back on to question three or four.
1: Or what, what was I, think, I think you're on question four now. What, what, what was the, what were we originally talking about? I don't really know.
0: Oh yeah how how was uh, we're getting back into your um, how was uh, Europe and particularly how was Jockmok? Uh,
1: Europe was great. Um, yeah, I went to uh, Sweden, Ireland, uh, Belgium, and Denmark, and uh, had a really good time. Um, to to sp- more specifically address your question. I, I did not get to physically visit Jokmuk. I, I was just made aware while in Stockholm that that was an, an actual place in in Sweden, which made me very happy.
0: By like a tour guide? What do you mean?
1: I think I saw it like on a map or something. Uh, I forget exactly what the context was. Did um, did you
0: exclaim that that's my kitchen table? Or like, did you mention this? Or did you just like, did you mildly smile to yourself?
1: I well, I did both. I, I first mildly smiled to myself, but then I, I had to... I share that with, with some of the people that I was with. And they they didn't really think that was cool or anything. <laughs> of course they did You know, whatever. Nobody's perfect. Um, but no, so I, I ironically, on the IKEA front, I did not see a single IKEA while in Sweden. And I, I spent the most time in Sweden of all the countries that, that I visited. Went to two different parts of the country. You know, spent, spent about six days there. Did not see a single... IKEA across the three cities that we visited. But our our next stop was Ireland and I saw an IKEA literally within 15 minutes of landing uh, in, in Dublin. Yeah, which... the Irish know what to prioritize. <laughs> right. And they actually had a uh bus line uh in kind of like the downtown area of Dublin uh that was I think I think just known as like the IKEA bus line because in in all the uh bus signs like they were like kind of these LCD displays You know, they would list the bus number and then kind of its primary destination or like its end destination. Mm -hmm. And one of the lines just said Ikea. (laughs) That's awesome. Which I thought was pretty good. Although you would would imagine... Why didn't you take a picture of it? I should have. That was a missed opportunity on my part. But I I would have expected that in Sweden, which, you know, maybe just a kind of a bad stereotype. Although I did see a lot of Ikea furniture while there. Um, just in various places and homes that I visited. Um, but, uh, yeah, no, no Ikea bus line or anything. Dang. Yeah. Um, I guess I'm a, a more, uh, tech centric observation for the show. Um, lots of iPhones, lots and lots of iPhones across all four countries.
0: Oh, you mean your Europe in general.
1: Europe in general. And I, you know, granted, you know, we visited um Stockholm and Dublin and uh Brussels, Copenhagen. So we we were visiting some fairly touristy cities, you know, we're not we're not really kind of off the beaten path as, as you would say. But still, I you know, I I was um fairly surprised at the number of iPhones. Um and I think the other kind of observation I had while they're um, staying on the, the kind of the Apple front, which was kind of a, just an interesting thought. And maybe I was getting a little too philosophical. I don't know. But um, okay. so the Apple event took place while I was over there. It took place on what a Wednesday, right? Mm-hmm. And it was like 10 a.m. here. And I was nine hours ahead at that time, I think. So it was like, you know, around 7 p.m. I was in um, Brussels at the time. And, um, you know, we were out at dinner, I think, while this was going on or out for drinks or whatever. And I, I was kind of thinking, like, I looked at my watch at one point, and I went, Oh, you know, the the Apple events going on. And I kind of had this thought, like, nobody around me here in a part of the world, which is like nine hours ahead, where, you know, we're out where people are, you know, you know, having dinner or what, you know, whatnot. And, Nobody cares about this event like nobody probably nobody around me even knows this event is going on like I just it's kind of this thought where like for us, it's such like a like central part of you know what what we enjoy well what we're, does us mean and, Americans or us specifically kind of like us just kind of in like this tech bubble that we're in. It just—I don't know—put put put a different way in a more simple way. Just it makes you realize that, like you know, we have a lot of thoughts. I think even on this show, where we kind of think like, oh, like you know, everybody just knows that like the success is coming out today, or that iOS nine is coming out next week. And I don't know. I just kind of had this thought that we are like a really, really kind of small percentage of the uh, overall population, and most people don't really center their lives around these events like we do.
0: I'm not sure I center my life around
1: this, but. Maybe less so than we used to, but you know, we still give it I, a I lot agree, of our attention. I but I think people still care. I'm not saying people don't care. I just, um, I think it's easy to um, kind of assume that everybody also feels the same way. Yeah. Hmm. I know what you mean. Just, well, yeah it's just kind of a kind of an interesting thought
0: makes sense so you don't hmm.
1: although then you know kind of like the flip side is it's amazing how just kind of interconnected the entire world is because even though i was out um while the event was going on and you know like wasn't able to follow it live you know apple posted the video on their website almost right away which was great um and then you know we came home later in the evening and uh, I ended up watching the whole the whole keynote just kind of as I was falling asleep, you know, halfway across the world. Just stream the video, just like I would anywhere else, and that that was pretty cool.
0: Well, good. Glad you had fun. Get some uh, get some games of golf in.
1: Uh, yeah, we got I got a round of golf in uh, just outside of Dublin. Got the old kind of Link style course, um, which was a lot of fun. Um, yeah, overall, uh, good good trip. Okay.
0: Do you think I can bet on future games uh, of of rounds of golf that you do online? (sighs) So we we uh, okay. We're we're doing this again. We're gonna put off the Apple stuff as long as we humanly can. Okay. Because it's gonna be the longest part of this whole thing. So like, if you if you've been living under a rock for the past two weeks, like, was this a thing? Like, is is the ad budget just all being spent over these past two weeks, or have I just not been paying that much attention? Like, I've seen it creeping up over the past year or so with like sports arena sponsorships and maybe occasional ads on espn but just these legalized sports betting companies I, I, I don't know how to describe them otherwise are just absolutely everywhere including now apparently on podcast sponsorships which is worse but i think we'll leave it broader
1: yeah that, that's what i was gonna say is that it, i don't think it's brand new It it has certainly been ramping up over the last 12 to 18 months or so, but definitely in the last month. And I, I guess what that probably correlates to is the start of the NFL regular season. Sure. I, I, I presume that this is their busiest time of year. So, you know, maybe they've gained some popularity over the last year and now they really wanted to, um, again, as you would say, kind of double down and really try to make a big push, um, during this time of year. But yeah, I, I the thing that I find the most frustrating um outside of the fact that it's just annoying to, you know, hear the same ad over and over again, which we've actually talked about on this show kind of in a different context, but I just don't understand how this is legal. Um and I I, I should just do some research well, do you know, and figure do you, wait, out
0: why. Do you, do you really not know or do you want me to
1: I'm explain? I, it? I, my 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 guess is that it's because it's like skill-based and mm-hmm. it's not it's not based just on on chance even though even though it is so that's the thing so
0: overall the exemption there was a law i think like 2006 that was to prevent online gambling uh that was passed by congress and the there was an exception for fantasy sports leagues uh, but it was meant to be in the spirit of like whole entire seasons and not this whole perverted daily fake fantasy, fantasy sports thing, which basically amounts to being able to bet on individual games for the most part. And their whole logic was that it's a game of skill, so that picking players and looking at statistics is a skill-based activity rather than purely betting on probability, which I think is nonsense. And I think sports betting is a negative force on society, but that's the out that they have there. And I don't know, it just feels really weird to hear that advertised on podcasts.
1: I actually, see, I actually don't, I don't take it quite that direction. I don't really have a problem with sports betting just kind of fundamentally. I mean, I think it, I, I don't, well, I, I think, it, I, think, I, think yeah, I mean, obviously it's not going out on a limb, but people need to be careful and it, it, it can be a very dangerous thing. But just sort of like philosophically, I, I don't have objections with that. But what I do have a problem with is, throughout all these ads that you see for there's a couple of them right like DraftKings FanDuel i assume they're kind of all the same thing mm-hmm. they they very explicitly say like as part of the ad and maybe they even have to i don't know that they're not a gambling site and that that's what really like at, at least you know gambling when it's just very overtly put out there like you know people can then make their own kind of informed decision and, and, you know, go from there. But when it's being masked behind this kind of, I don't even know really how to describe it. Like this kind of like game element or something. That's what seems really
0: like like fake fantasy sports. Yeah. Again, the whole, again, like picking out a team and and doing fantasy sports. I can see the appeal that even though it doesn't appeal to me, if you're doing it over an entire season, but they've stripped out any of that kind of stuff to make it a daily event, which makes it essentially just direct sports betting and gambling. Yeah, I don't know. For me, it does it does bother me just because I like I uh, the sports betting in general because I don't mind like a friendly wager, like you you have the team you really like, like pretend you liked the uh, the Dodgers, and like I I really wanted the Giants to win, and we made like a, a gentleman's wager of twenty bucks. I think that's fine. But I don't know, like organizing pools where you're supposed to like like their
1: buy-ins of a hundred or a thousand dollars, and
0: you're like that. I think that's a little nuts.
1: See, again, I I don't I don't really have a problem with that, but just come out and say that's what it is, and don't don't try to mask it behind something else. Mm. That's what I that's what I think. I think that makes it more dangerous. Gambling's dangerous enough as it is, and when you try to kind of gamify it and say that it's not gambling, I, that's just it's dangerous. It's disingenuous. It, it's just not good for anybody. Hmm.
0: I guess I don't. Hmm. I don't really see that line that they're trying to draw. I think it is very clear that they are selling legalized gambling.
1: Well, but they they explicitly say in the ads this is not a gambling site.
0: Well, but you know, but I think the the implication or that everybody should automatically know that that's bullshit.
1: Well, but I don't think you can make that assumption.
0: I think the people that are taken in by sports betting
1: sites probably can't. You're right. Right. And one, I just, you know, it just, it, uh, yeah, it's um like, again, like th- that's the thing about
0: betting and, and that kind of stuff that bothers me is that it's one of those things like the lottery and other stuff that, that preys on a certain type of person who, who doesn't think through those types of things. So anyway. Hmm. All right. And then uh, what else? Uh, do you want to end this out on a happy note before we jump into Apple? Uh, we should, yes. Okay. Do you want to talk about Stephen Colbert?
1: Oh, yes, I do. So, how many have you watched? I haven't. I haven't watched any sort of full episodes yet. But um, <laughs> okay, what's been great? Well, no, what's been great is through the CBS iOS app and then also just on the website they make full episodes available. So you can either you know sit there and kind of skip around, or I think they have clips available as well. So that's what I've been doing because I've been picking and choosing like, the segments and interviews that I've, you know, been most interested in. Gotcha. And I think, uh, you know, I think overall he's been doing really well. Um, I think, as kind of anyone could predict, he's still, I think, figuring out who he wants to be and kind of what he wants to do. Like, I I think there are moments where he (laughs) slips back into character a little bit, and then he kind of pops back out. But, um... I think overall he's been doing a really, really nice job. Like I think I think the interviews themselves and the kind of variety of guests that he's had has been really refreshing. You know, it hasn't just been a bunch of celebrities, and he hasn't just been asking them a bunch of you know canned questions. He's had politicians. He's had you know some tech folks. He's um, had your favorite. Uh, who, who's my favorite? Travis Kalanick. Oh yes, yeah, we go way back. Uh, that one I actually haven't watched yet. It's probably for the best.
0: Yeah. So I- I've watched all of them, like the entire shows, and I've been really, really impressed in the fact that I enjoy the entire show. Like normally on on talk shows or like The Daily Show, I would usually like skip the interview parts unless it's somebody I really, really like. But this show, it's it's very well balanced. The like the monologue is very brief and and uh, and gets right to the point. There's some pretty good jokes in there, and like for the uh, like the middle bits. He does some political and some satire stuff, but it doesn't ever devolve into like a daily show or a super, or like a Colbert style, like super political bit. But it's it's just very good, like to the point where I don't mind watching the entire thing where with Jimmy Fallon or Seth Meyers, that's not the case. So I'm, I'm very, very happy with it. And I think it's going to be my new daily show in the sense that that's the late night program I'll rewatch in the morning. Hmm. See, and, and the interviews have been absolutely great.
1: Yeah, I agree. I've I haven't I haven't actually really watched a lot of the monologues or other parts of the show. The interviews is what I've what I've mostly seen, and they they've been really good. Really, I thought the Tim Cook interview from last night was fantastic. Yeah, but it was it was really funny. Like I I was actually did, I was watching it like this morning, kind of as I was just kind of getting set up at work and. I'd like laughed out loud a couple of times. I just I don't know. It was, it was really good. And I can't really recall the last time I had done that, like just while watching an interview. I don't know. He just has fun with it. And he seems like he has genuine intent and
0: interest and he likes who he's talking to. He's not trying to just, just I don't know, like let them take over the interview. He does ask some, I'm like, I'm not, he's not like a grilling uh, Tim Cook, but he does ask some pretty decent questions about their supply chain and all that other kind of stuff and about his decision to uh come out, um, as well as just keep it fun and light and make jokes about the new iPhone. Like it's just he manages all that in like eight minutes, which is amazing.
1: Totally. I was gonna say that the interview by and large was, was fairly lighthearted and funny, but then there were kind of in the middle there was that really good bit about Steve. Um and then like you said, there was the you know, the segment about, you know, his decision to uh come out last year. Um yeah, it, it was amazing in such a short period of time, kind of the range of topics and kind of range of emotions that those topics hit. And, you know, like during the funny bits, like it seemed like he was legitimately making Tim Cook laugh. Like it wasn't kind of like a fake ha kind of thing. Like it really did seem like, you know, he he was just having a good time. Sure, sure. And you saw the Biden interview? I have not. You have to watch that. I've, I've heard that's the one you have to see.
0: It's it's great. Or yeah, it's great. And but it's great.
1: Yeah. All right. So let's use it as a good, uh, good as point
0: as any to jump into the Apple stuff. Okay. So we've got we've got a lot to talk about. So you you pick which uh, I which Apple device you want to talk about first. I guess.
1: Well, I think when when we do these events, it it sort of helps to go. I think in the order that the event happened right i feel like that's sort of the best way to organize the thoughts unless you have something uh something different
0: No, it's your show boss
1: okay um so again we had the introduction where tim said hey we we've, we've got too full of a show we're we're skipping the retail updates and the company updates we're just jumping right into this thing um and i i think they they jumped right into um the ipad pro right nope what was first
0: uh, the updates to the Apple Watch.
1: Uh, well, okay.
0: No, we're going. what well, you picked going in order? We're going in order.
1: I was thinking more in terms of like product announcements. The, These the... were product
0: announcements. <laughs> there, there is now a brushed anodized aluminum gold and rose gold um, Apple Watch to accompany the release of WatchOS two. Except not.
1: Yeah. So, um, remind me, is Jeff Johnson? Is that who? was that his name? You mean the Adobe guy? No, the the Apple guy who who went through the watch stuff. No, the Adobe guy. I'm not talking about the it was the Adobe guy's name Jeff Johnson is that who I'm thinking of? No, well isn't it the same uh um... Oh, you're saying he's from Adobe.
0: Remember the guy who who's done all the demos particularly the software who's he, he I'm
1: not trying to be like mean or anything
0: but like he's kind of like a nerdier guy?
1: Uh no, I'm not talking about he he didn't present at this event. He didn't. No. Okay. It was it was a different guy who did the the watch stuff.
0: Okay. It's it's been a week.
1: Not not important who it, who it was, but um there there was a there was a phrasing near the beginning of the segment where um he had said, you know, we want to talk about some software updates and we t- we want to talk about new models. That that's the exact phrase that he used. And I know there had been some rumors before the show about there being some new colors and things and so that's what I was assuming that he was referring to, but like there was this little like, I guess just ray of hope or something where I was like, ooh, is there going to be actually something like legitimately interesting here? But but no.
0: Well, there are interesting things there, particularly for me.
1: Uh, well, okay, well, maybe we should start with those because I, I didn't really think any of the Apple Watch stuff was... I mean, we already knew about Watch OS 2. We knew what the major features were. There really wasn't anything that changed you know, what we already knew about that. So well, what did you think was actually interesting from this part of the event?
0: Well, I think the diversification of the product line is nice. Now that it's gotten, it, it's rolled out and it's gotten its footing a little bit. There's more options and variety. So I, I don't really care for the gold or the uh, the
1: rose gold. Uh, oh wait, can I, can I can I interrupt you? Sure. I actually it actually just popped in my head why you're so excited. I'm not I th- sure you know. I, I think I know.
0: Okay, we'll we'll get there.
1: There's now. Can I say nope. it or do you, oh, do you want to save it?
0: No, I'll, I'll go through it. Wait, I don't know where you're going with this, but I'll I'll just say my thing. Okay. Man, this is a weird episode.
1: I mean, is it it's not really any different than any other episode, is it? No, no. We'll we'll find it. We're off our, we're off for game. It's okay. We'll cut we'll cut most of this out and post and I mean it'll be fine. Sure.
0: So they made a couple adjustments. So my uh well there's two two ways I'm going with this. I enjoy that there's now a product red sport band which even if i stick with my current apple watch i think that'll be very very nice i'll probably find a way to pick that up i really hope it's not exclusive to something else there're also a whole bunch of new watch bands in kind of more uh, muted colors which is cool because i don't ever like i don't see myself spending $250 or whatever it costs to get like the classic leather uh strap i don't know what your
1: thoughts are like because you wanted to wait for third party bands which look
0: like they're never coming
1: uh, well, I I actually just bought a third party band, but we can we can come back to that.
0: Okay, um, you can delete me saying that. Okay,
1: I don't. Um, well, it's fine. We haven't talked since I bought it. Um, I I don't like any of the the only Apple band that I like outside the sports band is the ridiculously expensive slash you can only buy it with the space black uh, Apple Watch, which is the the black uh, stainless steel band. But that one seems like that would pull arm hair. I don't see I don't have that problem with a uh with a steel band. And as a matter of fact, the third party band I just bought is a steel band and I I don't have that problem. Um What
0: was your third party band attached to a pebble steel?
1: no. Mm. No, it's from I mean we can get it out of the way. It's it's from I think it's MonoWare design. It's Dave um <laughs> really hoping you said Monoprice? No. <laughs> Um, they they um kind of seem like one of the only legit third parties that are making bands. I mean, you can go on Amazon and it's just a plethora of kind of knockoff, you know, brands that you've never heard of. But these guys actually had, you know, like a nice standalone website and um seemed to be kind of one of the more popular brands so far. And yeah, they they had a steel band that's been out of stock for. Almost the entire time the Apple Watch has been out, but they, they finally got some back in stock. Ordered it, and it's nice. It's not, you know, it's not incredible or anything, but it's it's nice. Okay, cool. Well, I'm glad you found something. I, I was getting kind of tired of the of the, the sport band. I just if I found that it just it's fine, but I don't know. I, I like because I b- before I had the Apple Watch for the last I don't know last four or five years. I've I've had a nice you know like steel. Uh, watch oh i guess i mean i guess i had the pebble for a while too but excluding that i had like a you know nicer steel watch and so that that's kind of what i'm more accustomed to and that's what i prefer okay
0: and then i'm also interested uh now that they have uncoupled the uh space black stainless steel model from the ridiculous black link bracelet that you like um that is now um potentially a, a, a worthwhile cross grade for me.
1: Yeah, I didn't I didn't realize the only way you could buy that was with the steel bracelet. That's why last time I
0: was kind of like, mm, can I eBay the the steel bracelet cuz I assume people would want that? But now that it comes with just a regular sport band, I I think I'm inclined to uh, take another look at it cuz I think it looks very nice.
1: Uh, yeah, it does, but I just hmm paying I mean, what is it? An extra $200?
0: But people waste money on on stuff all the time.
1: Or I mean like like in terms of fashion? No, they 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 totally do. But um, I guess you don't strike me as one of those people. Eh, I'll do that with shoes and or like if something's like in like bags. You are you are a bad guy. That's true.
0: It Sounds like you said bad guy. Okay.
1: No, I would would never say that. <laughs> anyway. So yeah, I'm
0: I'm thinking about it. So whenever, maybe when I uh, go and try to get my uh, an appointment to get my uh, janky iPhone six battery, which we'll probably talk about, or maybe not, fix it at the Apple Store. Maybe I'll do a, a try on and see how it looks. But yeah, I mean, it, it, even if I sell the old one, it would still be a worth a, a decent investment. So I'd have to really, really, really like it. So we'll see. Hmm. Okay. So that is uh, Apple Watch.
1: Well, uh, so I I, th- I think you're you're burying the the lead. Oh, you mean Hermes? Uh, well, no, actually. <laughs> Wait, what? Let's. Uh, what, what am I missing? The orange sport band. There's no orange sport band. Yes. What? Yes. No, there's not. Look. Send me a picture. Okay. Well, uh, You you tell people about these absolutely just absurdly overpriced leather bands and all. Uh... It's a cuff, sir. <laughs> I um. So so
0: Apple has partnered with, uh, or or maybe uh, Hermes. The uh, couture—is that even the right word? Uh, who who knows? So, so some some bullshit fashion company um, partnered with Apple to make uh, really really expensive uh, watch bands. One that wraps around your wrist twice for some reason. Uh, one that wraps around your wrist once and looks nice, but is probably overpriced. And then there's this weird one that looks like handcuffs that are made out of leather. So that's it. Available in select stores, starting at I think thirteen hundred dollars for a piece of leather.
1: So at least though, when I saw the pricing, I initially, for some reason, thought it was just the bands by themselves, and I went, "Oh, oh. is it not that way?" I think no. I think the prices are with because I don't think the bands are being sold separately. I think you have to buy them with a watch. So I think those prices are with with a with a with a steel watch, I believe. But that still implies that the bands are like. Six hundred dollars, which is I just like when I I I'm I'm really not kidding. Like when I when they showed those during the announcement, um I, I was like, eh, those are kind of weird looking. But I you know whatever. I'm sure they're like thirty forty bucks. I'm sure that it, I, I thought it would be like the le- the leather equivalent of like a sport no, band. No, no, no.
0: You, you the the sport band made out of a brilliant fluoro elastomer costs fifty dollars. <laughs> you thought this was going to be thirty to forty?
1: Wait, the sport the sport bands are fifty. Uh, yep. Oh my God! Really? Yep. I thought they were. I thought they were thirty.
0: I'm honestly pretty sure the sport band costs less than it costs Apple to make a wall charger that they sell for thirty dollars. Wow. It's just rubber, man. Anyway, wh- wh- where where's this uh, elusive orange band? Because if so, I'm just gonna buy it right now. <laughs> um. How? Wait. Hold up. Hold up. How awesome would a space black Apple Watch with an orange sport band look if you're going to a giants game that would be, that'd be pretty great not to like a formal dinner or anything but that would be beautiful
1: uh, I, but again
0: I, I don't think this exists man am i
1: making this up yeah i feel I like i feel did. like you would have oh no here we go
0: because i was super uh is Jazz or i was super excited for the uh for the product red one yeah i'm not i'm not making this up here you go where is this is it out yet yeah That's, no, that's the same coral one, dude. That's pink.
1: It's called orange. Orange sport band. How do you... It says it right in the URL.
0: Let me, hold on. I gotta get a picture. You'll you'll filter this out. We'll pause this. But I have to go find a picture of the pink one now. Because remember when it first came out, I was kind of excited about the, the, whatever the coral one was, because it looked orangey. Hmm. So is that just the same one? Do, can I can, no hold on? Wait, 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 wait. Can I make a digression here?
1: Sure. Apple's new website where there's no store. I is know. bugging the crap out of me. I, I know me, me, me too. But as, as as someone who's been purchasing some Apple products recently, no, I um I agree. It's weird. Like this is the worst. How the fu- like? Why isn't there a thing that just says Apple Watch accessories? So you there? I know. So you have to when you go on the watch link, you have to click gallery, and then the bands are kind of oh like shop part- all bands. Yeah. Hold on. Okay. It's, so, call, it's called orange sport band. But it's
0: not Giant's Orange.
1: No, I, I agree that it's kind of the wrong color,
0: but... So you can do sport band for $50. Jesus. And, and it doesn't even tell you the, the color. But yeah, okay. So the coral and the... Ooh, orange and red might be nice. Damn it. All
1: right. Okay. Oh, you, you can buy... Oh, you can buy the link bracelet separately now. Of course you can for $500. Well, but I I'm sorry, rephrasing that. You can buy the the black steel bracelet separately now. Originally, you could only buy the the stainless steel.
0: Well, that's because they made the space black uh they decoupled it.
1: Yes, yeah, yeah. I I for some reason I was just thinking that they were just kind of decoupling the watch from the band, but they're also decoupling the band as well. Yeah. Yeah, $449. I've I've seen some some people wear the the steel band though it, it, it's very very sharp looking. Uh, disagree. Disagree. I I, li- I like a steel band like that.
0: Okay. All right. So we're forty five minutes in and we're barely at the watch let's keep this moving
1: so yeah that's it that's it from the watch i don't know if you mentioned too they so they came out with a gold and a rose gold color for the sport model um which you know whatever it's fine they look look actually can we
0: can we go back to that i doesn't that decision make the addition the addition which they don't even mention anymore seem like even dumber
1: yeah so that was they, they they pretend it doesn't exist anymore that was my initial reaction too, but and then I, I thought about it some more, and you know the people who are interested in the edition you know they're they're in it for the material. they don't care if there's you know a a cheaper version that looks mostly the same, and that's that's not what it's about.
0: well no, but my my opinion is that why is apple wasting their time on such a limited appeal product that's that's what bothers or that's what kind of gets to me. I like why, I, I why can't does it even exist if they're going to sell? Let's say they sell five thousand of these. I don't know. It wasn't like the the gold. The whole purpose of it was supposed to be exclusivity, sort of, right? So now if somebody can wear, a, not a knockoff, but like a, an aluminum variant of it, that makes it seem way less special because without looking closely, somebody might be like, "Oh, that that, that very rich person has the 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 three hundred fifty dollar rose gold Apple Watch." Thumbs down
1: um so so going back to the the orange sport band for a second Mm -hmm. so it looks like if you look in the the sport band section that link that you sent me it looks like there is the the coral color which is that's what i I said the very last color listed but then but then there is a an orange like a new orange color
0: there is yeah
1: but you just don't think you just don't think that's the right color
0: no i'm gonna go in store and see them because i think both the 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 product red and the orange look very very nice
1: yeah i i I was I'm, i'm shocked that you're not more excited about the orange it's all it's still not the right shade of orange, but it's hard to tell on the website though in person it might look different, yeah, Isn't this
0: monitors color calibrated, so it should be right <laughs> It's still quality man
1: uh milanese that's yeah all right um the the Milanese I actually like, but i- a I wish they also made it available like in a darker color um and i I be I'd, I just I think it's more of a feminine look personally. I which is I mean obviously nothing wrong with that. It just for like for me I I don't think I'd be able to kind of pull that off. I've seen it in person and it looks kind of cheap. Well, actually, you know my thing is I have a coworker who who just uh, bought what I thought was the Milanese loop. I mean he, I, he actually let me try it on too. Like it feels exactly the same. The clasp is literally the same, and it's a third party one that's like forty bucks. And I was like, oh wow. Oh man! All right, I'm confused at how that's the same price as the classic buckle. That doesn't make intuitively. That doesn't make sense to me.
0: Although I do like that they have the they have a uh, the saddle brown in the classic buckle now. Mm. I think that looks that maybe makes I don't know why brown leather I think look it, it is more worthy of the price. But mm. I really don't like the leather loop. I think that looks super cheap. I wanted to like it, but it did not feel good, or it just didn't feel right. Because I thought the, I thought the midnight blue would be nice, but don't care for it.
1: Yeah, I have I have another coworker who ha- who has the actual like official leather loop, and I, I tried that one on too. And yeah, I didn't did not like the way that that feels. <laughs> it sounds like you all had a lunch date and just swapped watch bands. We kind of did, yeah. I mean, there's literally only it's me and two other guys, in, in you know, in my you just have the Apple, the
0: Apple Watch table in the cafeteria.
1: Exactly, yeah.
0: Uh, people are throwing stuff at you right mm-hmm.
1: all uh, right can,
0: uh, can anyway. we now
1: move on to apple tv so yeah so now i think that's enough with apple watch so yeah, now we can move on to uh to apple tv which and, and um, keep in mind
0: you didn't want to talk about apple watch
1: although i think it wasn't next it wasn't the ipad first chronologically oh, right. in the event also sorry can we go back to apple watch for one more second uh, i mean it's we've already gone back to it like four times so
0: the two of them are you what's one more? Did you Do you remember the ninety seven percent apple watch satisfaction slide oh that you're thinking of a uh, customer sat yes, come on no way what do you mean no way uh,
1: no way that's... I
0: refuse to believe it, only three percent of people uh, don't think it's great that that's insane
1: well i don't think I don't think by saying you're satisfied. I don't necessarily think that that means you think it's great. I think it means that you're satisfied.
0: I don't think people think... I don't think only 3% of people who have purchased this think it's less than okay. That, that, that... All right. Anyway, I I strongly disagree with that. And that's as somebody who generally on the whole likes it, but would rate the product as probably a solid C- before before watchOS 2.
1: And as someone who's seriously considering replacing your existing watch with the exact same thing just made of a different material for like 200 more dollars well that's because it looks nicer mm. okay i've for, had pro for, oh. for real this time yes sir um yeah so you know i i think and this is going to going to be sort of the theme for the rest of you know what we talked about with the event, I mean, just just no surprises at all. I mean it, all this stuff just leaks out, and it kind of it kind of used to be where like the hardware would leak out, but at least some of the software details, like the stuff that Apple could kind of just keep in house that didn't obviously rely on you know third party like supply chains, at least that stuff would would stay secret and would be a surprise during the event but mostly thanks to mark german now i mean all this stuff just comes out ahead of time he ruined christmas man i basically i mean every little detail of of the ipad pro which we're about to talk about and then you know eventually the tv and the new phones everything leaked out even the name of 3d touch right exactly that's that's the one that got me well like the name of it and just kind of like the way that it worked like some of the common things you do with it like all that stuff was out there um which is really amazing, but anyway, um, so the iPad Pro, 12.9-inch uh, display, uh, basically the same weight as the original iPad, um, although I guess that's somewhat deceiving because, you know, that weight is spread out over such a larger area that it feels a lot lighter, kind of like what you've said with the iPad Air 2. Um you know, I it's it's a bigger iPad. I, I guess I don't really know what more there is to say, like in terms of just the hardware itself. Um, it, it, I guess the the real the real story is is the are the accessories. Well, um, on, going back to the hardware, just real quick. I, I think a couple things are weird or
0: interesting choices about it. I think Apple's decision to continue going with this nonsense all day battery life thing, especially on a product that's so big, is weird. Because this this gets that same like uh, magical number of ten hours of battery life, which, depending on what you're actually doing, might not live up to it. And also that with so much space for for batteries, they opted to just make like gigantic speaker chambers instead. Which I know it's a bit it's a delicate balance between weight. But... I was
1: gonna say I, I assume that's a weight thing. They probably could have filled some more of that area with battery, but it probably just gets to be too heavy but if this is now
0: going to be some major productivity device cuz that's kind of what they're selling it as they're like the oh, the iPads that's for for consumption or just for for hanging out and doing stuff but this is a, this is a production device you're going to be editing three streams of 4K video on this 10 hour battery life under ideal circumstances seems a, a little lame
1: I it's the same it's really the same battery life as their laptops but again I, that doesn't help the case well, it depends on what you think about the battery life of the laptops, I suppose. But, but... I guess that's
0: my that's my point. Like my thirteen or the thirteen inch uh, laptop that we have is like allegedly like ten or nine hours, but when you actually use it, it's it's closer to six, and that's using it like moderate to light usage. I don't know. Anyway, uh, so yeah, uh, so P- Apple Pencil and uh, the Apple Smart
1: Type Cover. What's it actually called? I don't know. That's the Smart Smart Keyboard Cover. I don't know. Um, yeah, I mean, those, those seem to be the, the two key differentiators between this and, you know, everything else that's come before it with, with the iPad. Um, you know, the, I, the iPad pencil, weird, like a really weird name. I don't know why it's not just the iPad pen. Um, not, not important, I guess, but just kind of a weird name. Um, you know, my my initial impression of it like seeing people use it in the hands-on area and even during kind of the, the demo, it looks huge. It looks too like just looks too long. I don't know if maybe like when it's actually in your hand part of that is just to kind of give the weight the right distribution, but it just it just seems kind of oddly large. I th- I just think that's because
0: like, I, I know they can't get away from it, but it, the fact that it still has a home button, I think that's just the way it has to go. Like, at least the Microsoft Surface or other similar devices are able to kind of, tw- like, narrow the bezel and try to make it not look just like a gigantic version of an object we're already used to. But I think that's where they get into trouble here. Where it does just look like a gigantic iPad Mini or, or iPad Air, however you want to look at it. Oh, I, I meant just the size of the pencil. Oh, they no, I, that seems pretty appropriate to me. Because hmm. again, it has to be held comfortably, and if you're using it as an artist or somebody who wants to mark up or sketch something up, I think that's perfectly appropriate. Because if you go for something that's like uh, like a, a Galaxy Note stylus or something like that, that's or like or like a, or like a um, going old school like a Palm Pilot, that would be far too narrow. Like, are you saying it should be something that was so small that they could have like added a slot for it?
1: No, I just I don't know. It just it just seems it just seems bigger, significantly bigger than like the average pen that I would use. But I, I don't know. Again, maybe it's one of those things where you kind of have to just use it to get a feel for it. But um, I think you know, any, anyway, that that's, that's not really the important part of it. Um, I, it, it demoed really well. Like it seems like it works exactly like you'd want it to. Um, But, you know, for me, I just, you know, I, I'm not an artist. I don't. Um, I don't really have a lot of applications or uses where I'd be wanting to handwrite something. Um, like I, I, I do because I, you know, recently at work I've been trying to kind of get better, like at note taking. Um, and so I have been, you know, carrying a, like a notebook around and have been having handwritten notes. And so you're moleskine, yeah that's well, anyway we're getting back to that well yeah we'll come back to that um i i think there could be some some value for me in that but i i don't want to carry around a 12.9 inch tablet to do that um i i think eventually i think this the pencil's going to make its way across the entire iPad line so you know eventually maybe it's something that i'll, I'll be interested in but for now you know, like the iPad Pro is not really for me. Therefore, you know the the pencil is not really going to be for me.
0: Okay. And then, what are your thoughts of um, the Microsoft Type Cover for it?
1: Um, I think it. I think it looks pretty good. I I think the, the things that stand out are the fact that you can't adjust the angle at all is disappointing. Um, I I don't think having the screen at that one angle is going to work for every situation um and then also i think the keys themselves the, the initial impressions are that they're very similar to the keys on the new macbook they have a little <laughs> like a little bit more travel it sounds like but not much so if the experience is similar to that i mean that's also kind of a a non-starter
0: yeah that sounds uh pretty accurate and also i think if the if the keyboard's not a home run, the thing that makes it even weirder for me is that because the screen is so large on this one, doesn't that mean that the on-screen keyboard's probably pretty usable? Yeah. I mean, like where this isn't adding all that much as it would on like a 10-inch tablet?
1: It was funny. They mentioned that during the event uh, briefly that, you know, one of the advantages of having the bigger screen was that you'd have this full almost laptop-like experience with the on-screen keyboard but they spent a very little amount of time on it like almost as a way of saying like you know this keyboard's good but you know what's even better is this $150 case thing. I mean
0: for me like I'm actually it, I when I'm typing in landscape mode on the iPad Air just using the on-screen keyboard if it was a little bit wider I'd actually be pretty fast on it. So I'm not, I just I just don't see what this accessory adds for most people, just because after my experiment I did a few months ago, using the iPad as a primary computing device is not terribly good. And today I left my laptop uh, at home and tried working with just the iPad on iOS nine. And while like the Command tab and some of the multitasking options have gotten better, it is still not a productivity device. So,
1: yeah, I mean I guess that's um. That's the main thing. My kind of main takeaway from the iPad Pro, or you know, my my main my main hot take, as as you would say, no, nope. it is um, <laughs> nope. Don't. <laughs> I don't. Um, I don't think that the screen size is what's been holding back the iPad. I think that the having a physical keyboard is actually a good step in the right direction in terms of making it more of a laptop replacement. Um, but even the, even the way that they've done that, I don't think is fully there. Um, but I, I don't really think the iPad Pro fundamentally changes the kind of dynamic of the iPad. It doesn't really it doesn't really change the way an iPad works, and it doesn't fix the inherent limitations that there are in iOS as compared to something like OS 10. That's definitely true, and I think um, Jason Snell's framed this really well the last couple of episodes of Upgrade where he's talked about how you know the multitasking features that we're getting in iOS 9 as as on the iPad they're steps in the right direction but the problem is that Apple should have been doing this two or three years ago they're just they're so far behind with this stuff that you know it's going to be a number of years I think before iOS 9 gets anywhere close to the point where apple can legitimately make a case as this being like a laptop replacement um it's it's about the software it's not about the hardware and that really the you know the ipad pro is is a hard hardware change
0: yeah and if we can take a slight if we can pivot this conversation slightly of like the viability of this product like what do you like? Do you think it's, if is it just a hardware play, or do you think Apple is banking on its software partners making professional level apps or things that are much more productivity centric for this for it to be successful?
1: I think that's part of it, but again, I, it really goes back to what iOS is capable of. And again, talking about upgrade here on on this week's episode, another really good topic of conversation they had was. You know, during the Microsoft uh, presentation where they were using the split screen view to kind of work with both, you know, Word, and I think they had like PowerPoint open for a while, then Excel open for a while. They, they were showing, you know, multiple Office applications running at once. You know, there, there was no concept of like click and drag or any other easier way of sharing data between the two apps. You just, you just had to use, you know, the standard iOS copy and paste feature. Which is really not what you want to do. Like when you're working in OS X and you're, you know, dragging a graph from uh, Word to Excel or really any sort of object from one application to another, you you expect just to be able to click and drag it. Um, And that's just not how iOS nine works or iOS in general works. And so I think for Apple to really make a case for a product like the iPad Pro, it's got to start building some of that stuff into iOS. And I think once they do that then maybe these pro applications can really start to do something unique.
0: Yeah, I mean I I think that's true and inter-app communication has been getting better with iOS uh beginning with iOS 8 and slightly improved with iOS 9 with kind of like the the quick app switching. But like I think more my question or my concern is if this is built as a productivity device of which Apple has shipped no like split screen capable productivity applications like iWork and iMovie and iPhoto and any of the like the more substantive apps that they offer are not optimized for split view yet like what who are they expecting to make the applications that are going to sell this because Apple has has doesn't seem like they have any intention of making the App Store and selling apps that cost more than $5 sustainable on iOS so what exactly are people to do yeah, I actually she was going to write stuff for this for this gigantic
1: iPad that very few people will have just due to the price. And that's another, I think, really good point. Now it's not really just about the software limitations of iOS; it's also about the economics of the App Store. Uh, and Gruber linked to this this week or last week. Uh, some I think it's some note taking app that people were Sketch Sketch. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Uh, They, you know, they came out and said, yeah, you know, the iPad Pro looks great. You know, we'd, we'd love to, to make something for it. We think it'd be a really great platform for our software, but you know, the economics just don't make sense. Um, And that's, I think that's perfectly valid Um, and it's it's unfortunate. And I, I do think that, you know, for the iPad Pro to, to come out and, you know, be a true laptop replacement. Like you said, they've got to. You got to be able to sell software for more than four ninety
0: nine. Yeah, and we'll we'll get back to the regular conversation soon. But like, just as an example, like OmniFocus, like the Omni Group, is an Apple is it as a software company that's able to charge a premium price both on uh, OS ten and uh, iOS? But if they didn't offer trials on OS ten, there's no way I would have spent whatever the hundred twenty dollars that all the apps across all the platforms cost for OmniFocus. So if like for this to work, this this needs to get trials on it fast. Like, would if even if you thought something was good, would you ever take uh, like a fifty or hundred dollar gamble on a piece of software for your iPad or iPad Pro?
1: I might under the right set of circumstances, but I would certainly feel a lot better about it if there was some type of trial option.
0: Okay. Man, you should sign up for FanDuel if you're that big of a gambler. <laughs>
1: okay. Sorry. It's not a gambling site.
0: Uh, all right. So, uh any other iPad Pro stuff?
1: No, I th- I think I think that about covers it. Um the the one last thing I, I think I'm interested in in seeing is the uh the what what do they call it, the smart connector? Is that the mm-hmm. the magnetic connector on the side? Yes. I'm going to be interested to see a if there's anything else that neat that comes out for that, for the iPad pro and then kind of be if, if there is, if that connector is going to make its way across the rest of the iPad line.
0: I, I think that that definitely will. And I think that's, uh, well, we'll, we'll follow up with that. So, so two small things that I have with the Apple pencil. I I really, really, really like that. The, um, that it's rechargeable by lightning. I think that's really, really nifty. Uh, although I'm not exactly sure how you charge it permanently. I'm not sure if they've answered that question yet. Um and also uh going back to uh the other iPads, iPad Airline got no update this year whatsoever. So apparently they're realizing that the upgrade schedule is a little lopsided, so they didn't even try. So the iPad Air 2 that got released November of last year, uh it's just it's still new. It's still the best 10-inch one, so I feel I feel better about that. And also, uh, in the iPad Mini line, Apple now sells uh, two generations of the iPad Mini. Can you tell me which two of those are?
1: Uh, well, of course, the iPad Mini 2 and the iPad Mini 4. I of mean, it course. Just, it just, I mean, duh. What, what happened? It's, just, I mean, it's why, a dark why, why Why wouldn't you?
0: So, I, I, this is going to transition real quick into, into something that you, you said you bought already or are planning to buy?
1: I bought already. It's a, I just got the uh, shipping notification this afternoon.
0: What did you do?
1: Uh, it's not clear.
0: What do you, what do you think you did? I, I genuinely don't know what's different about the Mini 4, so please tell me.
1: So it, so I, I, I purchased the iPad Mini 4. Um, um, well, what, what, one of the things that's different is that the uh, smart cases from, or smart covers, rather, from the uh, iPad Mini 3 and earlier are not compatible with the iPad Mini 4. So that's cool. So I had to buy, had to buy a new smart cover.
0: That's did great. it get thicker, or did it get slightly longer, or what happened?
1: I think it, I think it got thinner, and that's the problem um so that's that's cool just throw some business cards in the back of the other one you're (laughs) fine um you probably could use the older ones i'm guessing it just wouldn't really connect as well um i actually don't particularly care for the green smart case or smart cover rather that i have so i'm that's fine so i was looking to kind of replace that anyway Um, so yeah, so the iPad mini four, I mean, the biggest thing it's got going for it is, is the speed upgrade. Um, and you know, the, for me by far and away, the number one reason that I upgrade my iPhone every year is, is just to get the fastest iPhone I can get to really outside of like, I think that the two main things that I've really upgraded for hardware, wise, hardware wise over, you know, the generations of iPhones that there have been first was the retina display. And then last year with the bigger iPhone 6 display, those were kind of the two like really big marquee hardware features that I was super interested in. But otherwise, um, for me, it's all about just having the fastest performing iOS device I can can have. And so that was my thought process with the iPad is I've been running the iOS 9 beta for the last couple of months on it it doesn't run very well on the iPad mini three and that really bothers, bothers me a lot. Like it really does detract from the experience, I think. Um, and so my hope is that with the iPad mini four, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get sort of, you know, iPhone six, iPhone six S like performance. And you know, that's, that's just going to be a much, much better experience on the iPad.
0: So next week you will have to report back on whether or not the screen quality has improved.
1: You know it's funny I was reading around to see if um if it has the same like new improved screen that the iPad Air 2 does and I I couldn't find anywhere explicitly where where that was said except for on Apple's website you can do a comparison between any set of iPad models mm-hmm. and when you compare the iPad Air 2 to the iPad mini 4 they the screen that they have is both um described in the same way which is different than the other ipads they they talk about like the anti-reflective coating blah blah blah
0: okay because the mini 2 and the mini 3 were the same and the mini 2 does not say that it's got the laminated display that's
1: right and the uh the, the ipad mini 4 does say that so my my assumption is that it does have the same improved display okay um, but really outside of that, I mean, it's it's a little bit thinner. It's actually quite a bit lighter, um, which, I mean, it's all nice things. The cameras have gotten significant upgrades. But, you know, as someone who um, doesn't use their iPad as a camera, I, I don't really care about that. Um.
0: <laughs> Sorry, I just imagine that you went to Europe and because you were a tourist for that period of time, you did switch primarily to using your iPad mini as a camera.
1: I did not but I, I did we we should come back to using the iPhone as a camera. We, we definitely do, will. Do you want to talk about that? Yeah. Uh did, see, did did see a lot of people uh I mean I see it a lot here in San Francisco too. I I'm, I'm assuming it's kind of a touristy thing, but I I do see a heck of a lot of people uh using uh iPads as uh cameras. Of course. Always always
0: with the smart cover flipped down too. <laughs> yes.
1: And in some cases, their uh, their keyboard cover. Saw that too. <laughs> I think I I I I sent that to you, right?
0: I don't think you did, but that sounds amazing.
1: I wasn't able to take. No, I'm pretty sure I did. I wasn't able to take a picture, but I'm pretty sure I sent it to you, like in the Slack, shortly after I saw it. Where, yeah, someone was taking a photo with their iPad and it, it was inside of a keyboard case and the keyboard case was actually like propped open as if they, <laughs> as if, you know, they could literally just put the iPad down on a desk and they'd be able to start typing. Like that's the um, position the case was in. And they were walking around with two hands, uh, holding the iPad, uh, taking photos that way.
0: Oh man. That's pretty good. Yep. Okay. So I think that's it on the, I- well, hold on, let, me, let me make sure. I don't want to keep teasing the audience, but uh...
1: No I like I like the ones where you you have some notes. No, it's just there was just so much stuff.
0: Okay. No, I think I'm good. Okay. Apple so, TV.
1: so now yeah, so now now the Apple TVs. Um so again, you know, we, we we had heard pretty much everything about the device before before the event. Did um, we? I think so. Cause here's a question
0: I had. Like, did any of the software interface leak out? because when i saw it it looked entirely new i i don't think anything was spoiled for me
1: yeah but the software interface mostly just looks the same as the current apple tv with I don't a, think so. a fresh coat of paint not sure about that well do you do you have the 1080p apple tv i got whatever the newest one is
0: or the one I, I...
1: cuz eventually, eventually the um 720p version of the current apple tv got forked and kind of left behind software wise from the 1080p version.
0: I don't remember. I think the one I, I just bought one like a couple of weeks ago and then I bought
1: one oh, like okay. maybe a so year yeah. and a half ago. So yeah, so the, the the one you bought recently certainly is the 1080p version. Well, um, but that's not the one I use at home, but anyway. Anyway, I I mean, I, I didn't think the interface looked that different. I mean, it looks it looks a little different, but fundamentally, I mean, like the home screen looks the same. Um anyway,
0: I I don't think it was spoiled much.
1: I, so. I, yeah, I guess, but like the the concept of an app store was like the concept of universal search was Siri.
0: Well, I think those were both. It has to be that way because these are things for a lot of things that the Amazon Fire TV does that costs less.
1: Yeah, we I mean we should we should get back to the price. Um, yes, but um, but anyway, I, I think even though a lot of the stuff did leak out ahead of time, I think it still demoed really well. Um, I thought the. You know the Siri command of "Hey Siri," like what did that person just say like and it skips back ten seconds and puts on subtitles briefly. I think that's really smart um the way that the way that you can search you by kind of like having a generic search and then kind of like narrowing it down, although I guess like I think it was Jason Snell who talked about this, I guess like in the demo area like that actually didn't work very well, so I think Siri Siri does this frequently where it, it gives a neat demo, but then in practice maybe doesn't work as well as it was shown.
0: Siri works well with very particular phrasing, and if you deviate away from that, it usually goes bad quickly.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, but I actually think what's really interesting, it really isn't so much the, the, the Apple TV itself, but the the the, the remote, rather. Um, which did, I think in concept kind of leak out, but I, as far as what I saw, there wasn't any sort of concrete like pictures or anything of it. Um, I think it looks really nice. Well, what do you think? The hardware or sorry, the
0: remote. Um, I think it looks fine. I think it's purpose as a game controller means it's going to be a really, really crappy device for games. Not that I think that's the priority, but I think Apple's pretending it is, um, but I think it's very nice. I like the, well, one, that it's no longer infrared. It has an infrared backup, but it's uh, a now Bluetooth or RF, one of those things. So that eliminates my big problem with it. And then the controls seem much more sensible, albeit not perfect. Like, uh, Did you listen to ATP recently? I haven't listened to the three-hour most recent episode, no. Okay. Well, John made a very good point about my love for the original TiVo remote, which is they made it. It's kind of a complicated remote, but they made it for the specific purpose of viewing TV, and all the buttons don't line up incredibly uh, elegantly, but it's functionally a great remote. Whereas if you look at this remote, it's certainly better than the old one, but it's still not good. Like, the play button and the Siri button, like, none of those are located in particular spots that are easy to identify unless you just memorize it. So and the touchpad seems like a nice improvement but it's going to make a terrible game controller. So I I the remote seems nice and I like that it's rechargeable via lightning but I'm more excited about the interface in the box and and the the Siri integration overall and just it being faster.
1: Yeah, I agree that the performance stuff is really interesting. Um I I don't really have a big problem with that with the current Apple TV but um I mean, I, like I just said with the iPad and with the iOS devices in general, I think anytime you get speed improvements, it's one of those things that really does make a tangible difference in the way that you use the device and kind of the enjoyment that you get.
0: Yeah. And for me, like the interface looks pretty good. It looks, again, just the just the nature of the how it's controlled by remote, the fact that you can zip over multiple objects really quickly without having to tap, tap, tap. And I know that you can use the remote application on iOS, but I don't like using it because I don't think it's a good application. For me, it maybe only connects 75% of the time. And I just don't like having to keep waking up and using Touch ID on my phone to control a television set. So I still end up going back to the little silver remote. And I just don't like having to tap so much just to navigate and get to what I actually want.
1: Yeah, no, that's I think that's spot on. I I my experience is the same where the 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 remote app itself is very inconsistent, but when it does work, the experience is fantastic. And that's that seems to kind of be what this remote is emulating.
0: Yeah. And just overall the interface seems nice and speedy. It seems like it'll be more customizable so you can actually not just show and hide all these ridiculous uh, whoever like Apple decides to partner with and they have the random channel on your um On your device now, you can actually customize it into what you actually want. You can use Siri to open stuff if you want to, and it just looks better. And now that it's an app-centric platform, I'm excited that I'll actually get the content I want on it, so I don't have to wait for Apple to end its little like um, feud or dislike of Pandora. I can get all my Pandora stations on it natively instead of having to AirPlay it. If I want Spotify on the Apple TV, there's no way that they can block it now. So I think all that will be far better. I assume Comcast will make, like, an Xfinity on-demand application so I can stop using the awful uh, integration that Comcast and TiVo have together. Oh, it's it's so bad. Like, I, I don't have an Xbox anymore. Even if I did have an Xbox, I wouldn't want to use that either because I don't think a game controller is the appropriate means of interacting with a TV. Like, I think this solves a lot of problems and does it in a better way than the old one could because the old one's really showing its age. So I think the software is more than a fresh coat of paint. I think the fact that it's now an app-based platform will be much nicer and that it opens up uh, to actual developers so you can get the content that you want and not rely on Apple to pick and choose the partners that they think you want. And also, so my big biggies are Pandora, Spotify. Uh, I'm super excited about the MLB at Bat app. I probably won't get to use it this season because uh, the Giants aren't doing too great. Um but it just it looks it looks good. I th- and I'm very happy. And but uh, the one cool thing I really really like that's just a throwaway feature, the thing where you can say um Siri go back 30 minutes. Like something where you can just say a specific amount of time rather than having to seek and try to hit the right spot is worth the price of admission
1: on its own. Mhm. Yeah, I mean we we've talked a lot on the show about um, Apple TV coming into this event and how, you know, we both wanted a new one, but like, I really wasn't that excited about it. Um, But I, I think coming out of the event, this is the product by far and away I'm most excited about. It really, really did demo well and kind of having thought about it some more, I'm really excited to see what kind of third party apps we're going to get. I think, you know, the the gaming thing, there's been a ton already said about it out there. I, it's it's hard to say where that's going to go because, you know, the remote's kind of limited and it does support third-party controllers, but it also has to support the Apple TV controller. Although actually that that point they've gone kind of back and forth on, but as it stands now, it has games have to be able to support that controller. So I think, you know, gaming, we'll, we'll kind of wait and see how that goes, but... I think instantly right away with video apps like MLB at bat, those are going to be amazing. Like for me, if, if the NBA comes out with sort of an equivalent app and they're, they're pretty good about that kind of stuff. So I assume they will, um, that's going to be absolutely fantastic. Like for me, that would be worth the price of the box on its own. If, if I got an NBA app exactly like what they demoed for MLB at bat, perfect. That's exactly what I want.
0: Yeah. And like I've I've read a lot of opinion pieces or, or reviews of of what's come out so far, and I don't get, I don't really understand what people want out of the Apple TV. Like everybody acts like they're disappointed or like oh this is this isn't changing television forever. Like I don't really care about that. Like all I want is a device that able that allows me to access content more easily, more flexibly, and just better. Because I think the Apple TV made like good baby steps into that arena, but. And it's still like the best and quietest Netflix device, but it's still not what I would define as good. Whereas I think this addresses almost all of those. So unless it's a buggy buggy or like rickety machine, I think it's going to handle pretty much everything that I want. I don't think Apple is somehow magically going to upend the entire cable industry and make it so that everything costs $15 a month and it's all perfect. I think this is the necessary step and it opens you up to whichever content providers you want.
1: That that's what that's what people want. People want a fifteen dollar a month Apple Music equivalent for iTunes. But that's not going to happen.
0: Of course, it's not. not. But that's it's...
1: that's what I mean. The people who are complaining about this new Apple TV and already kind of writing it off—that's what they want. And that's just just, just not feasible. Like most
0: people, are, most most Americans are content to use those uh, god awful scientific Atlanta like uh, Comcast cable boxes. Like how I, I don't. What, what what do you what do you want?
1: I mean, I think, like, for, I've, I've said this on the show before, like, for me, and I, I Apple's never going to do this, I get it, whatever, but for me, like, this exact box, but also with some type of, light like, cable card integration, I mean, that's that's the holy grail, for me, personally. But, again, I I get that's not going to happen, but... Never, never, never. No, I know. But then, that, I mean, that would be, that'd be really cool. But that's why TiVo
0: is safe for a while, because, again, and also, like, if you listen to, to uh, Syracuse... Again the TiVo is the example of one of the devices that is just rock solid and like you hit play and it plays you fast forward you get a picture like it never fails there's never any weird like scrubbing errors or where the video drops out or you get error playing back content none of that it records TV up to 6 shows at once and when you want to watch it it's there it's the foolproof archaic but but the best home theater component that you have
1: so that is that that that's it right you mean the entire event uh for uh, just apple tv
0: oh oh yes
1: um october i guess that's that's all we know we did there are no no pre-orders or anything yet well I, there's two capacities oh i guess that's yeah i guess maybe we can talk oh we 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 did want to come back to pricing that's right yeah um, so it's, it's 150 and uh 200 right Right, and that that's for a, uh, is it, what was it start at? 32, it at 32 and 32 and 64, yeah.
0: So hold on, so like three things with this. The Apple TV's minimum storage capacity is higher than the iPhone? Yes. Like, uh, we'll get into 16 gigabyte phones, but uh,
1: <laughs> just, uh,
0: and also, particularly on this type of device where you're not capturing content with it, even i don't really understand what the difference in capacity would be
1: yeah i don't really i i i do not understand why you'd get the 64 gigabyte version i don't that what would you do with that extra 32 gigabytes
0: because you're not caching content like purchased from itunes on it like i i know it has to have a buffer for maybe some preloaded um like a, like a, like a cache for whatever you're watching at the moment and the apps can't be that big because Apple's putting an artificial limit, or, uh of two hundred megs per per app. So, like, I guess if you had a lot of content providers, that would. But I mean, if there's a two hundred megabyte limit per app, that's
1: fifty for ten gigs. Like, I don't, I don't know. Yeah, I don't. I the bigger size to me doesn't make sense, but we'll see. I mean, they have said that, like, with games in particular, but it, this is not a gaming device right but if if you're someone who was into the types of you know kind of more casual games that are coming out for this device you can it's a 200 megabyte initial limit but then you can download i think up to an additional like 10 gigabytes of assets like once you're inside the app so you know that that starts to add up but you know, I don't really have a lot of plans for playing a bunch of games on this thing, so you know, the one hundred and forty nine dollar thirty two gigabyte version seems more than adequate. Okay, well, but I guess so. The, the final question is: well, I mean, what do you think about the the price of this box? I mean, it's one forty nine in and of itself. Obviously, isn't a huge investment, but I, I think what's interesting about it is how it compares to the majority of other similar type of boxes that are out there. So what do you what do you think about that?
0: It doesn't matter to me, and I don't think it matters to any, like. What's the newest version of the Roku, or is it still the three, or is there a new one?
1: Um, I can let me let me consult uh, the knowledge of all uh, products Amazon here. Roku. Uh, so, so, so the, the Roku is three, bucks. yeah, yeah.
0: That thing's been out for like three years.
1: Well, they say twenty fifteen model on Amazon here with. Roku 3 with voice search. Rolls oh. right off the tongue. Yeah. Wait, oh my God, look at this
0: remote. It has an audio button on it?
1: Well, I mean, that's just a marketing thing, I would assume. No, like there's actually an audio button printed on the remote. No, I understand, but I'm saying the reason that's there is some marketing deal. Can you ever imagine Apple shipping a remote like this? No.
0: Uh, I mean, this
1: is Apple's the company that refused to even put carrier logos on the original iPhone,
0: with good reason. But Jesus, a Hulu button? <laughs> Come on! All right. Um, so no, I don't think the price is Now that I know that this <laughs> this thing that has ads on the fucking remote is ninety dollars, no, I don't think Apple has a problem with pricing at all. Like, I
1: don't think this competes with a Chromecast or whatever those like thirty or forty dollar things are. Right, I I do agree. It's kind of a different class of device there. Um, yeah, I guess the Roku is maybe a little more expensive than I thought it was. For some I was thinking it was like fifty bucks or something. So, I mean, it's app. I mean, Apple TV is still sixty dollars more, which is not insignificant. But, uh, yeah, I, I my my feeling is that Apple TV is so much more fully capable with with its app ecosystem and everything that I I, I think it's worth the premium personally. Um, so I I don't, I don't, I don't see the, um, I don't really see the, uh, the downside or the, not the downside. I don't really, I don't really see the, the price being kind of a detriment to the device. No. I mean, I don't see us running
0: out and replacing our, the bedroom Apple TV with it, but for the living room, I think it's going to be a pretty simple and kind of no brainer upgrade.
1: Yeah. The one thing I do hope that it does um which this Roku reminded me of is um yeah, the the remote has like a headphone jack on it which is similar to like the the PlayStation 4 um which is which has somebody who lives in like a studio apartment is absolutely fantastic um i i hope that the Apple TV since it has bluetooth now will support bluetooth headphones i doubt it but i'm 99% sure it won't <clears throat> i wish it did
0: yeah but again at that point, wouldn't you just use your iOS device? Oh, well, you still wanted the big TV. Yeah. Okay. All right. Any other Apple TV stuff?
1: No, I I think um I think that's it. I'm I'm way more excited about it now than I was coming into the event. Cool. Alright, so last but uh certainly not least, uh the iPhone 6S and iPhone 6s plus speaking of names that just roll right off the tongue. Mhm. Um So what what do you what do you think?
0: Uh, I think it's fine. I'm probably going to sit this generation out though, but I think it's fine. I didn't didn't you make a reservation? Of course I did.
1: Are you going to cancel it?
0: No, I'm just lying to the listeners.
1: Oh, okay. Just like you've lied to me in the past.
0: I forgot I bought it. Calm <laughs> down. Stop being so hurt about that. Um, so all right, success. It's it's the same darn phone.
1: No, but I mean, what's what's nothing's changed except everything that bravo, it's pretty good. That's no, that
0: well, I didn't make that up. No, I know, but bravo at fitting that in so quickly. Oh, I'm like, like, because it took me a second, I'm like, where have I heard that before? (laughs) Um, yeah, it's a pretty worthwhile, I mean, it's 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 the same phone, but it's a worthwhile upgrade, I guess. The camera is allegedly better, like, I'm not really. It's tough to tell because whenever they do those demo photos, like even the photos from the iPhone 4s, I'm sure if you go back to the keynote, they look exactly the same <laughs> as, like they always do some like beautiful outdoor shot which has tons of light and and of course looks great on on any camera. The um so the big changes are the camera, uh, the Touch ID is vaguely faster, like I, they said it's better, but I'm not really exactly sure what that actually means in real life so less error prone and just faster like it takes like the the success rate up from like 80% to 95 that that'd be great um there's the improvements to the screen so it's now uh, supports a pressure sensitivity to enable what they call 3D touch and i think that's mainly it right
1: yeah those are those are the big things um you know uh with with the the camera thing we we now have live photos which is a feature where you can have the the phone record both a second and a half before and after the photo to kind of create like this almost like little gif thing um but yeah know hardware wise that that really is is about it um so for me, you know, like we talked about earlier, the performance thing's a big deal i I value that a lot um and now for me really kind of embracing this idea of having the iPhone be my one and only camera. The improvements to the camera mean a lot to me now because I, during this, these last few weeks when I was on vacation, I, you know, this is, this is my first long trip since, I mean, since I can remember really since high school when I bought my first point and shoot. Um, where I haven't had like a standalone camera that I brought with me on vacation. And it, the experience was fantastic. Um, I mean, the iPhone camera, you know, it, it takes great pictures it's so easy to share those pictures. There's so many fun things you can do right off the bat, like panoramic shots and filters, um, slow motion video we had a really fun time with. Um, I mean, it's, 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 it's fantastic. It's a really great experience. And so now I I, I think I'm going to kind of run with that for a while, having it be my one and only camera. So as the camera continues to improve, that's, just gonna get better and better. And and for me, just like the performance thing year after year, uh the the upgrades to the camera are now, you know, worth a lot to me.
0: Yeah, I mean that that kind of mixes with what I want. I mean again it it the, the speed improvements in the camera are gonna be worthwhile no matter what the, the 3D touch and everything else just um just icing on it. And again, because you did that whole um what was that phrase you used a couple of years ago that uh suckered me into thinking that uh I could justify yearly upgrades like it being the most used computing device.
1: Right. Yeah. It's, it's by far and away the device that I use the most frequently every day. So anything I can do to have it perform better, I highly, highly value. Absolutely. They they should hire you. Yeah, they, they should. I'd be i I'd be a good pitch man, but that's a good
0: way to put it just because it's always with you. And if you're like, let's say you're making you, everything's 30% faster on the thing that you pull out of your pocket. Thirty times a day, or you do—it's just—it makes a big difference. Totally. um And since you've sworn off uh full, uh, full-size cameras forever, this uh, is probably worthwhile for you.
1: Not forever, but but for a while. It it was a really, really good experience using it as my only camera on this trip, which really kind of validated that idea.
0: How many panoramas did you take?
1: Quite a few, nice. a, a dozen or so. Got to post those. Yeah, I should.
0: Show us the Dublin countryside.
1: I I could. I could do that. Yeah. Um so actually, you know, I think I think the most interesting thing with the iPhone announcement really wasn't the phone itself, but the one and only thing, the one and only big piece of news out of this entire event that didn't leak out ahead of time, uh which was the iPhone upgrade plan or iPhone upgrade program, I guess. Um, so what this is, is, um, so, you know, we we talked a lot coming into the event about kind of what Apple was going to do with pricing, because pricing here in the U.S. especially has really gotten uh, or become a lot different than it used to be. Carriers have kind of gotten away from the, the model where you pay like this subsidized price up front and then... You know that kind of gets then baked into the cost of your plan over the next couple of years. You know, instead now you don't really pay anything for the phone up front in most cases, and you you pay for the phone in installments uh, over the course of a two year contract. I mean, economically you kind of get to the same place, but just the money works out a little differently in terms of mostly just with timing, really. Um, And so we were kind of wondering, like, what what, how's Apple going to frame the price of the new iPhone since most people don't really just pay that kind of unsubsidized or that subsidized price under a two-year contract. And their answer to this is, I think, incredibly exciting and really smart, um, particularly for people like you and I who upgrade every year. But we're not everybody. We're not everybody, no. But I, I think for people like us who do want to upgrade every year, the iPhone upgrade program is... I mean, literally exactly what we would want. So, so what this is is, you you buy an iPhone, you don't pay anything off the bat. Instead, you have twenty four payments. Um, so you you pay the phone off over two years, uh, but you have the option of upgrading your phone every year. And, and basically, what that does is kind of resets the twenty four month clock. Um, you, so you trade in, you trade in your old phone and then you get, you get a new phone and the, you know, the 24 month window kind of restarts. Um, but the, the great thing is that you're no longer going to be under contract with your carrier anymore. So you're buying an unlocked phone, which, you know, obviously gives you flexibility here in the U S to go back and forth between the car- carriers as you see fit. And when you take the phone overseas, you can just kind of pop any SIM card you want, and and go from there um and even if you stick with your same carrier here in the US i believe that you get a kind of reduced monthly rate from your carrier if you're you know not subsidizing the cost of a phone through them in in most cases um so again for i think for people who who upgrade every year um this really does seem kind of like a no-brainer deal yeah i mean <sighs> And I think now with like with the slightly increased price of um AppleCare for the six S, I mean, I think the effective interest rate is virtually zero, right?
0: It it is exactly zero. When I was doing my original calculations, I didn't realize that Apple had gone up from a hundred to a hundred and thirty.
1: Yeah, I d I don't think that had even been announced at the time. So there was there was no way to know.
0: Yeah. So I mean with that one, it, it, it costs nothing else. So a couple things with this. I mean, when I first when they were announcing the phone pricing, I was really conf- worried when they still announced it as being one ninety nine or two ninety nine with a carrier contract. And then they did say Schiller came on stage and said that many carriers are switching to installment plans where you pay your phone off over time. And he did give the accurate math on what those installment plans generally tend to be like. Um, but yeah, the iPhone upgrade program is interesting, but I don't think. I think it's interesting for a couple of reasons it it takes it takes apple into it they, it allows them to own the entire customer experience for the most part like in then the carrier is generally just a service provider who you generally won't sign a contract with and since they're going to provide you unlocked phones it makes switching carriers easier than it's ever been which uh, i is is in certain ways a good move for consumers but the pricing I don't think is going to work for everybody because over time, let's say you don't upgrade every year, which most people don't, like the vast majority of people do not do that. It's going to be more expensive because, well, it won't be more expensive, but people will think it's more expensive because they, they're they just so used to the con- No, So many people are in denial that an iPhone costs $700. And when they see something that says 27 or or sorry, the cheapest one, actually, it's $32 a month. Nobody's going to, they're going to multiply that out by 24 and then get turned off that that ends up being uh, $780. Because most people don't think about the cost of service savings that they'll get when they start participating in a program like this. And I just think most people don't want to phone that frequently. So I think it's a good start, and I think it's something that Apple it it's, is really wise to do, but I don't think it helps most people other than
1: us. I I, I agree with that mostly, but I, I do think even for people, unlike you know, unlike us, it it does help them in the sense that they now have a, an unlocked phone that just gives them a lot more flexibility with who their carrier is going to be, and for when they travel. I think that that those are beneficial things, no matter who you are, no matter how often you upgrade. Yeah, but that wasn't always an issue if you're on Verizon. But anyway. I mean, yeah, I mean, I like for me, I've been, you know, on the same carrier for seven years now, eight years. So it's not like I'm bouncing around a lot either, but I, it is really nice to have that option, I think. Um, but I agree that the the real savings is, um, is for people like you and I who, who upgrade every year. Like I, ultimately, I think th- this is going to get me to about the same place as what I've been doing the last few years, which is you know, I, I upgrade every year, I, I basically pay full price for the phone. Um, but then I sell my current phone like on eBay. So like, each year, you know, I, I end up spending about what I think this, um, this iPhone upgrade program is going to be. But again, there's the the added benefits of having an unlocked phone, um, having that flexibility. And now on top of that, you know, I'm not going to have to worry about selling my current phone on eBay. So that that's a, that's a big thing now that I don't have to do. I can just just I just trade in the the current phone, um, and I think there's going to be some kind of back end savings um, once I get out of contract with my carrier next year, because uh, I'm not going to be renewing it this year, uh, where I might end up kind of saving some money there too. Um, I and I, I think what's the the really interesting thing about this program is kind of what the, what the implications are going to be over time like it's going to be interesting to see like you know presumably now like if enough people buy their iphones this way and they they do now have the flexibility of just kind of bouncing around from carrier to carrier i think the hope would be that the carriers are going to try to continue to one-up each other and continue to be really competitive by improving their service or by reducing rates because i I think now you know You, you just
0: mentioned two concepts that seem mutually exclusive (laughs) <laughs> make it cheaper and make it better.
1: Well, I mean, but I'd seriously, I mean, I think, you know, the the carriers now can't just count on the fact that you're going to be locked into a two-year contract because...
0: I'm not sure that's what they've always done.
1: Well, I don't know. That that would be the... the I think that would be the hope is that if, if more people are not under contract with their carrier and they, they do have the option of just, you know, going around whenever they want to, that that would incentivize the carriers to offer a better service
0: agreed but i think in many ways that's what they've already done but anyway um yeah so anyway i, I just I've, i i want i i'd be i know they'll never break it out but i'd be interested to see the adoption rate of this i think again for the circles we operate in it it would probably look abnormally popular but again most people don't get a phone that often but for me the biggest benefit is I just don't want to I I hate the the post iPhone upgrade you have your old iPhone sitting in a box and just the dread of dealing with eBay. Yes. eBay fees, shipping. And it's all that stuff where like I'm like oh like cuz the thing is like I always update my software pretty immediately and like you you in particular I think you stay on the old software cuz you're like oh that'll get me maybe an extra 5, 5% on on the resale value cuz people want a jailbreak. And just stuff like that is stuff I just don't ever want to think about, ever again.
1: Totally. I actually, it's funny you mentioned that. I, I said screw it this year, and I, I, I installed iOS nine today on my phone. Uh, you dummy! You cost yourself a hundred dollars. <laughs> no, I don't think it's that much anymore. But I think the jailbreaks have been coming out faster and faster too. So I don't think that actually makes a difference like it used to. Um. But no, I, I'm I'm exactly the same way as you, where. I've got my old iPhone in a box, and it, it seems like the amount of time that I hold on to it has like increased each year because of the dread of going through the selling process. Um, yeah, just, just overall, like for the for people who upgrade every year, the I I don't know why you wouldn't do the iPhone upgrade program. It there doesn't seem to be any sort of good reason why you wouldn't if you upgrade every year.
0: Yep, that's what I did.
1: Yeah, so I guess to to kind of close the thought. So the Apple put up pre orders on Friday. Um You fell asleep? I fell asleep. Um it was the day I got back, so I was tired. But I woke up at like two um and and ordered then. Um it was kind of a confusing ordering process because like you you could go through and you know, you'd enter your carrier information. And, like, for me, I wasn't eligible for any upgrade, which I expected. And so it gave me the option of, like, purchasing the phone at full price. But, you know, I didn't want to do that. I wanted to do the iPhone upgrade program. And I I had just, I had heard that the only way to do that was by going into the store. But, like, had I not heard that, there wasn't anything on the website that said, like, hey, if you're interested in this program, like, you need to make an appointment.
0: No, there was this vague link at the top that said "reserve and store."
1: Yeah, so that so the only reason I knew to do that was because of that information that I had heard. So that's what I did. I I clicked the link to to make a reservation, and i I was using the Apple Store app. And by clicking it, it, that link, it, it opened Safari. Yeah, yeah, which was which I I thought something was like broken at that point or something, but you know it brings you to the site. It, it asks you what phone you're looking for. Um. Unfortunately, I, I I was planning on getting a 128 gigabyte phone, but by the time I ordered, all those phones were unavailable for pickup on the 25th. So I went ahead, 64 gigabyte, space gray. I, th- I think that'll be fine. Um, and I, I have a I think like 6:30 p.m. reservation on the 25th to, to go in and pick that up. And I'm I'm hoping the way that it works is I just go in and say, hey, you know, I'm here for the I, I want to buy the I want to buy the phone through the iPhone upgrade program. They say, fine. They run their credit check. They do their thing. And then they just say, here you go. Here's like an unlocked phone. And then I can just take the SIM card out of my six, pop it into the six S and away I go.
0: Yeah. I don't know how it could work any differently.
1: Yeah. I I don't either, but, um, we'll see. They make you try on a new Apple watch. (laughs) Um, no, I guess what I was thinking is that they would still, like, see what your carrier status is or something. I don't know. That's the one thing that
0: I worry about. Or just, like, because like, they would want to, like, oh, they want to attach it to your account and help you out. Like, try, trying to be overly helpful when you're like, no, nah, just I'm good. Because, cause like, the, the 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 um scenario that you specify would not work for most people because they'd be like, all right, what do I do with this? My old phone still works. what what What's the deal?
1: My experience in the past, though, has been, like, where... um like they they've offered to like take it out of the box and go through the initial setup process and stuff and I say, you know, no, actually, you know, like I'm a long-time iPhone user, like I I'm, I'm okay." And they usually they respect that and they say, "Okay, fine, here you go." So, I'm kind of hoping that's the case here. Um So what 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 did you order? I I think you told me, but
0: uh 6S uh 128 space
1: gray. So you you chickened out. What do you mean? You didn't do the 6S plus?
0: No, no, I told you. Or I mean, I, like I, I again, I had minor doubts or minor um, envy of the of the six plus. But then I borrowed a coworker's six plus, and after five minutes of use of just trying to navigate it, I couldn't reach the shift key, and I'm like, this isn't worth it. Bye. Have your phone back.
1: Hmm. Yeah, it it just doesn't seem worth it in an overwhelming majority of cases.
0: It's not. It's a major inconvenience for minor conveniences. Exactly. All right. Do you have any uh, tiny topics before we just uh, round out with iOS 9?
1: I don't I don't think so. I mean I think we covered the Apple event pretty well. Well, we haven't talked um, about the end of the Apple event
0: of uh One Republic dedicating a song to Mr. Tim Cook.
1: That part was weird, but overall I actually really liked their performance.
0: I kind of did too. I don't cuz I don't mind them. I think they're because I, I can never tell the difference between uh, uh, Coldplay, The Fray, and One Republic. I think they're all the same thing. <laughs> is that offensive? I don't think it is. No, makes, I, I, think, I
1: think that's actually remarkably insightful.
0: It's all the same thing. Well, whatever. I mean, they're fine. They're 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 nice, and their music is catchy. But, it, oh, man, it was weird. Just, the the lead singer, I don't know his name, just started running out into the crowd and started taking selfies with Tim Cook and Phil Schiller and Eddie Q and his extravagant cuffs. And oh it, yeah, Eddie
1: Eddie uh, Eddie Q's that that game T-Mobile was, color shirt Gee, was that oh. was on point.
0: No, it wasn't.
1: <laughs> did did Eddie Eddie Q this complete side? Eddie Q just seemed really bored.
0: He's like, you guys made fun of me for this Apple Music thing. Let me see how boring of a, of a
1: like I felt like during the Apple Music event, he was like, it seemed like he was pretty excited. But like so like during Apple TV, he was just like, why am I up here? Like this, whatever, like. Did, did you did you get that at all? I just, he just seemed really bored.
0: A little bit, but, but that, uh, I forget her name, but, uh, like the product, uh, lead or whoever got to demo all the cool stuff. So he was, he was maybe bummed that he didn't get to.
1: <laughs> maybe.
0: Yeah, because she did, she did the fun demo.
1: True, but yeah. I don't know. He still seemed like he should have shown a little more enthusiasm. Yeah.
0: Picking Modern Family always gives you a good demo. That's true. Good show. Um,. Yeah. So anyway, one republic. That it was weird. Just yeah, decent music though. Yeah. Um, and also last bit, uh, the fact that the Mac was relegated to being a a joke inside of a 3D touch demo was weird.
1: Yeah, um, I thought that that was just. I think you know actually. I, I don't I don't disagree with that. I, I think they could have taken the 30 seconds and mentioned it during the event. Um, but I, overall, I do think that just having one event in September to release the rest of your lineup for the calendar year going into the holiday season makes more sense than having the second event like five weeks later. I've never really thought the October event made a lot of sense.
0: Well, I don't think it deserves its own event, but just it being... I don't know. Just felt weird of it being a sample email message in the 3D touch demo.
1: I, I agree. Yeah. But in concept, I think just having this one big event made a lot of sense. Sure. And then we'll close out this with uh hashtag MikeWasRight. Oh god. No, let's let's not do that. IOS nine. Um so yeah, so I, I upgraded today. Um I think part of it might have been to blame the the Wi-Fi network at work, which has been a little spotty this week. But it it took forever. I mean, I, I think it took forty five minutes from start to finish. Um, I felt like a good chunk of that time was installation. So it overall, it, it it took a while. Um, but yeah, I think like you know, to the layman, like if you downloaded ios 9 maybe even just sort of if you got the notification you just kind of downloaded it and your phone rebooted like it looks kind of the same like there's really not a lot different about it um so yeah i I don't i don't really know i guess it's going to take a little bit more time to use but I, i guess i don't really know what to really even highlight
0: So Siri got a refresh. Uh, She's a little bit faster and a little bit... I I do like that now when you activate Siri, uh, it just vibrates rather than making a noise, which is neat. It's a little bit quieter. Um, They've moved... uh, Do you remember back before uh, iOS 7 when when you swiped left to right, you got the spotlight search? Yes. So that's back, but now it has these funky, weird, like half-hearted Google Now suggestions which apparently you can only turn off entirely. You can't do anything else with them. So it shows you random contacts that you may have allegedly had texted recently, random seeming applications, and then category. Like it, it, the whole spotlight or serious suggestions thing seems completely useless, but notification center got uh, revamped a little bit. Dismissing notifications is easier and better. There's a battery life widget now, which is nice. Overall, the power savings is like I think uh, Joanna Stern did a review and said it's maybe like ten uh, percent better than it used to be, which is a nice thing. Um, you can do content blockers in Safari now, uh, but most of the most of the improvements have gone to the iPad. So you have a split. Uh, you have the um, there's split view, and then there's what's the side thing called? Uh, slide over. Slide over, and then you also get the um, the enhanced keyboard. On the iPad, which I do like, I, I haven't really gotten uh, the hang of how you do the two finger thing for text selection, but that that's pretty
1: neat. Yeah, I have I haven't really used that a ton either. Um, uh, I actually have. Sorry, just got distracted there for a minute because I, I've got some uh, some late late breaking news uh, that's actually iOS nine related. Um, just this evening, one password version 6.0 has been released a free upgrade for for existing owners and uh they have completely redone the UI and it looks absolutely fantastic.
0: Well, it looks great, but that's not the biggest thing. What's that? You can now do the slide over and have one password on the side of your iPad.
1: Yes, that's true. That's also that's also huge. Um but I guess sticking with like UI stuff in iOS 9 the the one thing that I think will just get better over time is I think the new San Francisco system font looks weird in certain apps that just you know just use like the standard um system font. And I actually would have included one password earlier today in that category, but like now that they've redesigned the app, now the San Francisco font looks great. So I, I think it
0: it is it is throwing me off in, in TweetBot.
1: Well, that's that's what I that's kind of what I mean is I think like apps that haven't really been updated since the new system fonts been implemented, I think do look a little weird. But I think over time they're going to be optimized to to look better. Sure, because like app like Apple's apps look really nice with it, and I, I think that I think that will be the case. You know, once app developers kind of you know, maybe like change kind of like the size of the font they're using that type of thing. Sure. Um, but yeah, I guess like, like I said, off the bat, I I don't still don't really feel like I have a ton to say about iOS nine yet. Um, like I, I do feel like the, the Siri suggestion thing that you get by swiping, swiping to the left from the main home screen. Um, it's just, seems it just seems worthless like just doesn't really seem like there's anything valuable here
0: like i don't remember the software introduction of what like the alleged promise was of like what it's supposed to be like when it's good but it's it's just really not to the point where i'm i'm actually going through right now and turning it off because like i i know i thought it was supposed to be like a google now competitor and google now is is insanely good and is is smart and contextual and looks nice whereas this doesn't it just looks like a random it looks like yahoo's homepage is what it looks like
1: yeah i yeah i i don't disagree with that um yeah i I, as as we went through the like ios 9 public betas i i kept kind of waiting for that to get better and it just kind of kind of never did Um, so I don't know. I, I think what I want to do over the next day or two is, is read some of the iOS nine reviews that are out there and just kind of see if there's some like key features I'm missing. Um, but yeah, overall, like it just, you know, just doesn't really seem like there's a, a ton to talk about. Sure.
0: All right, so we'll touch on it uh on it in a week or so.
1: yeah, I, th- I think I think that's going to be the plan, and and you know we'll be able to talk about them in the context of new iPhones, uh, I guess not not next week but the week after that. Sure, all right, all right.